It's good to be here, brethren, to meet together with the saints of the Most High God. It's, it's a privilege to meet together with those of like precious faith. You know, all these, these words that the Lord, uh, they, they, they have such meaning. You have like precious faith. Now, the, your faith is precious to you, right? You know, what would you give up? For this faith. See, it's precious. It's like, it's better than gold. Gold's gonna perish, but this faith is not. It's gonna deliver us into the kingdom. But see, we have the same faith, like precious faith. Now today, I wanted to talk about being changed, transformed into the same image. See, now that's, that's quite a work. We were dead in trespasses and sins. But we are being transformed into His image. (laughs) Which means that that we could all identify back in the times past. We didn't know God. We were without God in the world. Which means anything. The devil had complete access to you. But see now. (laughs) Praise God for now. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all with open face... As beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed. I, re- I checked that out several different translations. It's what it means. You are changed if you're doing what it says before this. Right? Open face, beholding as in the glory of the Lord. When you, when, when you expose yourself to, to, to Christ, the Holy Spirit's living inside of you when that when you when you see him, you are changed. You are. So if I'm not being changed, then I'm not beholding him. This is the only reasonable explanation for it. See, it, this is a guaranteed thing. Just like Jesus came down, he died for our sins according to the scriptures. He he's ascended into heaven. Right now, he's at the right hand of the Majesty on high. That is an absolute reality. That's what he did. And this is the same kind of reality. If you keep your focus on him, you will be transformed into what he wants you to be. Now that's, that's a work there. See, and, and the question really is, as we go through life, the devil's trying to bombard us with all kinds of different options. What would you give up to be transformed into the image of Christ? See, he's, he's only asked, he's only asked for things you gotta give up anyway, right? That's what he asked for. You, you give him everything you have, which it really, if you really could see it, it's like a drop in the bucket of what he's given you. You compare what you're giving up for what he's giving you, and it's like, we're more than conquerors. We're like super rich. (laughs) The glory that he's, we're looking at, has power. That's the point. It has power to change those who are looking at it. We are changed into the same image. The same, the same exact one. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, the Apostle Paul is contrasting the covenants. You got the old covenant. And you have the new covenant, and he's reasoning with them concerning the glory of each. Now, see, each one had a glory. If you were at the foot of the mountain, when the Lord was on the mountain, see, they were scared to death. 
This is what glory does to flesh. It, 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 you can't approach it. They couldn't come close. They had a glory, is the point. It had, God gave the old covenant. God gave the law. See, it was honorable. It was a right law. It was a good law. And it had a certain amount of glory. In other words, when a person gave themselves to it, it would, to some degree, alter them, change them. But see, it, when you're dealing with the old man, there's only so much. You could say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to this. And you do all kinds of things that try to help you to remember to do what God said. Why? Because it wasn't written on your heart. It was outside of yourself. And so you had to do the best you could to try to remember to love my neighbor as myself. The Apostle Paul, he's, he knows the contrast. He's, he's telling this to because see, the, what God's given us in Christ far exceeds the glory that was in the law. Far exceeds. And so much so that, that, the, that you start off with him writing it, the law in your heart. And now you can see that the law was glorious. It had a glory. God didn't do away with the law. He wrote it on your heart. So see, now you can excel. You, you can say, I love the Lord with all my heart. The new man is compatible. It's been made the same nature as Jesus, as God, and the Holy Spirit that's ministering inside of you. It's not another spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, and He's inhabiting you, and He's drawing you closer to God. Uh, each, um, um, each covenant had a specific purpose. Now, we went over some of that in the class today. The old covenant was to actually to bring you to the point to where you realize, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it. But see, the new covenant, it, 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 as, as, as you imbibe that and see the new covenant, what is the new covenant? He'll take away your sins. He will. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. Jesus purchased it with his own blood and you've been brought in into his everlasting kingdom. It's a covenant that God made with Christ, not with you. God, God made a, a, a covenant with His Son, sent Him into the world, right? The Word became flesh, dwelt among us, and He laid down His life in our place. Yes. And now, you, if you believe that, if you believe, you have all the benefits of that ag agreement, that arrangement. Christ died, technically He died for God. But you get the benefits of it when you believe the record he's given of his son. Second Corinthians three eleven, it says, For if if that which is done away with was glorious, like I said, it had a glory, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded. See, that was the point. He's, he put a veil over his face. They didn't want to see his shiny face. <laughs> it had a glory to it. See, it, it, it. It proved that he had been in the presence of God. 
And it was very convicting to the flesh. They didn't want to put a veil over your face. Well, um, he did. But see, eventually that, that glory wore off, didn't it? He, hid, he took the veil off. Didn't need that anymore. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away. And in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Now, I understand the side of this, this text. He's talking about Israel. They have still yet not uh, received their, their Messiah. They haven't. The veil is over their heart. They don't understand. Later he's going to say, God's going to turn unto them and the veil will be lifted and they'll run unto Him, right? They'll run unto Him. How? Not any different than the way you did. See, it's not like another gospel for them. It's the same God, the same salvation, but they don't understand it. They don't see it. Just like before you saw it. We can all identify with this. There was a time... When the veil, as it were, were in it before our eyes. We, we live for ourselves. We were self-centered. But one day, the gospel came, and it's as if God lifted the veil from your eyes, and you saw. You saw. This is real. Jesus really did die for my sins. He took them away. Well, well, at that moment that you entered in, see, you became a part. You became Actually, a testimony that someday God will use to save. See, he made a promise to Abraham, and he's going to fulfill that promise to Abraham. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, see, now they've still, at this point in time, they were still doing sacrifices and stuff. See, they hadn't, they didn't believe, but Paul knew. Paul knew he spent three years with the risen Christ. He knew that God's going to take away the veil. And, and so he, he, he trusted that God was going to do that. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away now. He's, he's, he's going to reveal how this is going to happen, the power behind this. The Lord is that spirit. The same spirit that, that brought you into the kingdom. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, that's where our text came from, open face. In other words, in Christ, as you come closer to God, you don't do so with a veiled face. You, you come into His presence with an open face. In other words, you want to be, to be changed into His image. Of course, we have to keep things out of the way, Right? God didn't put anything in the way. We come to, we come to Christ and, and He receives us. Faith is, is the issue. Do you believe the record? And when you do, the veil, as it were, is taken away. And we don't ever want to have anything in between anymore. Vain religion is a robber. Now, I don't care what kind of religion it is. I don't care what denomination, what name they go into. Vain religion, in other words, religion that's really more like the law than, than what God's given us in Christ. Well, if you come and it's merely so that you can have an appearance, it's vain. In other words, 
Vain in that it doesn't bring you to Christ. It doesn't transform you. It's vain. No matter what kind of religion, whatever the practice is, if in the end you're not transformed into the image of Christ, it was all vanity and it actually got in the way. Paul's not talking about the religion of the heathen or the, the old covenant became old after the new covenant became new, right? When Jesus died and rose again, entered into heaven, there was a new and a living way. But that doesn't mean that he, like I said, he didn't expel the old. He wrote it on our hearts. It was, it was real. It was good. But I fear a lot of religions today have nothing to do with God, have nothing to do with, with an imagery that could be used in the new, in the new covenant. But see, the one that God set up did. It prepared men for this transformation. So much so you could write it on your heart and it would be completely compatible with the new covenant. Of course, it was God that doing it. Anytime the old is mixed with the new by men, it always ends up being corrupt. It just does. You say, well, well, you come to church and, and, and they treat it more like a law than grace. In other words, you don't come so that you can know more about Christ. You come so that you can have, be a number on the board. Lots of that's going on. But see, the problem is that can't transform you into the image of Christ. So the vain religion, it, it, it just got to be forsaken. It just, no matter, you know, and if you examine your own life, there could be elements of it even in our worship. Now, I'm just saying, we've got to be careful. Things we do in this body merely for the doing can be vain. And religion, see, it will steal things from you. It will rob you. From things, Moses, he he says here, if that which is done away with was glorious, the law of God was given to Moses at the top of Mount Sinai, and God Himself wrote it. That's why later He could write it on your heart. God Himself, God was the one that did it. Moses didn't do it. Moses went up there. Remember, he brought the tablets, gave them to God. God's the one that did the writing. Just like when you came into Christ, God did some writing. You know, on your heart. We, 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 it's in the Scriptures. He wrote the law. In other words, we would say it like this. Now you have a complete desire to do the law. It isn't that you should. It's that you want to. Now that's a big improvement, isn't it? It's a big change when the day came when you wanted to serve God with all your heart rather than you should serve God with all your heart. That actually is the only way it works. Moses' testimony, that's what he says in Deuteronomy 9.10, And the Lord delivered unto me two tablets of stone, written with the finger of God, and on them was written according to all the words which the Lord spake with you in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, in the day of the assembly. Now this is Jesus' testimony. That's what happened to Moses. Moses was there. He witnessed it. He testified to us about it. God wrote the law with his own finger. And then gave the tablets to Moses. He took them down the mountain. This is Jesus' testimony in Luke eleven twelve. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come unto you. Jesus, this is the thing. If Jesus, when he was here, he was in absolute control. There wasn't anything, anything that could hinder Jesus. And yet, see here. 
He could cast out devils, but that didn't, that didn't change the person. Jesus, He was here, walking around, just like you and me. He was working the works of His Father. But if that's as far as it went, we wouldn't have had salvation. That was something that Jesus came to do. The purpose was to lay down His life as a ransom. Now, when, in, in, in glory, he rose, well, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. Now He's doing a work, an eternal work, in everyone who comes to Him in faith. Now this is, it's what He says. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren. This is a prophecy. Like unto thee. Like unto Moses. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. The law was given and it was given, it was angels that attended this. This was, a, this was something big. God gave the law. But see, it, it, in no wise could the law save you. Now, I know some people think it could. They, they live meticulously under some form of law, legalism. And they think by doing that, that it will make them better. But it doesn't make them better. It actually proved, the law proved that it made them worse. Galatians 3.21 says, Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. It's not like God made the law and it was like, it, it, there came a time when it all, it wasn't, a, it was not valid anymore. There came a time, like I've already said, that he wrote it on your heart that verified the goodness of it. For if there had been a law which could have given life, verily righteousness should have come by the law. But the scriptures hath concluded all understand, which you see the, how would you know that without the law? How would you know you were a sinner unless God said, do this and you didn't really want to do it. And actually, you really didn't do it. But the Scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by the faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So so what, what actually saved you? Right now, if you're in Christ Jesus and, and you've confessed that Christ is the Son of God and you've been baptized into Him, see, you're, you have been saved, but you're not saved yet, right? You're not in heaven yet. There's a part of you that's saved. Sanctified would probably be a better word. You've been set apart by God for Him to do a work in you. And and so do you have to cut out the first part of your Bible and say, well, it's, it's invalid anymore. You'd be surprised how many people do. It's like it has nothing to do with salvation. But see, it does have everything to do with salvation. God came in the person of Christ to deliver us from, right, vain religion. We don't have to, we don't have to just do things anymore thinking that, well, if I just do this, I'll be better. Now Christ has, is in you. Now that's, when you internalize religion and it actually becomes a part of you, well, I, I've seen people that actually believe that this has happened. I've seen a lot of Jehovah Witnesses and they're really sincere people. I mean, on the outside, they'll do all kinds of stuff. Whatever they're told, they'll do it because they have been taught that if you do this, you'll be saved. If you just do this. But see, that kind of system can never change you. It's just the point. Change has got to occur. It's got to happen. 
If you're not transformed, say, well, but I was, I lived in sin, you know, 20 years and then I repented and I come into the kingdom of God, but I haven't really changed any in the last 20 years. Well, then that's vain religion. It's got to, it, whatever you believe, if it doesn't change you, it's not real. And the fact is that there's only one, one message. The message of the gospel of Christ that can, has the capacity to change you. Now, there's got to be, there, there's some qualifications. One is if you believe. Do you believe the record that God's given of His Son? You say, well, I, I walked down the aisle and I got baptized. No, the question is, do you believe right now, this moment? Do you believe? Because if you do, you're being transformed. We, 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 we can, if you've been transformed or if you are being transformed, then you can see I'm not the way I used to be. This is your testimony. You have a testimony. But you go out, I know you all know this, and, and you start talking to people, and you'll see, I used to... It isn't that you're judging them, but you're seeing, I used to be like that. I know, I used to be like that. Why? Now, you have a unique opportunity to just tell them. Because you you used to be there. Now look at how wonderful this is. This testimony that God put in you. You, you can... Preach. Well, it says we speak that which we do know. The things that God's given us and working in us are usable. In other words, they're real. They're substantial. In Adam, and we know this, in Romans 3.19, all die. In Adam, see, there wasn't really any help. Adam didn't help us out when he disobeyed God at all. The race of men plunged into darkness and, and they just really just never really could figure out how to, there was no way. They were dead in trespasses and sins. Now we know that whatsoever things the law saith is saying to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped. See now, if all we're going to follow is a form and never, we never really know God, we just know the form. Our mouth has got to be stopped. In other words, God's got to interrupt that before you're going to be saved. All the world may become guilty before God, and we don't want to be in that condition, right? We don't want to be in a condition that we think we're doing everything that God wants us to do, but in the end we find out it wasn't at all what God wants us to do. Now, see, people that are sincere, people that really want to know God, God will lead them. Now, I've seen this over and over and over. Heard testimonies of people that that they were in the middle of some other some other whatever it was to call the religion. They were doing their best, but they weren't satisfied. They didn't feel like like they were close to God. Well, see, it was the the religion itself that was keeping them from God. Whatever they were doing, but see the. The gospel, when you really do believe the record that God's given of His Son, you really have, have, have made a commitment to God and, and He's, you've been baptized, you have the Holy Spirit, you're on your way, you will be satisfied. Now, anyone who's not satisfied, there's something wrong. See, in other words, you have a testimony in yourself that God is with you. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He's a comforter. Well, if I'm not being comforted, 
Something's wrong. If, if I don't know that I'm saved, then I gotta look up. I gotta figure this out. You don't go to the judgment not knowing that you're, that God's with you. Amen. All have sinned and they fall short. That's what it says. They've fallen short of the glory of God. So, so what, what did God do? He sent His Son. His Son kept the law perfectly. So He could be a sacrifice for us who didn't keep it perfectly. Now, this is an amazing thing. Christ came, laid down His life. He was, the Father told Him to do that. He sent Him to do that. And so Christ there in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see that He was submitting to what the Father's will was, not His own will. Why was that so important? Because see, he was he was going to take our place. He was he was when he was on the cross, God laid on him. He didn't couldn't lay any iniquity that Jesus did because he never sinned. So what iniquity did he lay on Jesus? He laid your iniquity. He laid the iniquity of the whole world. All sin was laid on him, and he bore it away. He took it away. How did he take it away? God judged sin in the person of Christ. The wrath of God was poured out on Christ. Why would he do that? Because that's the only way God could save us. Amen. The only way God could save man. It had, sin had to be dealt with. Now, that's, that's the good news. You want to know what the good news of the gospel is? Christ died in your place. And now for you to obtain the benefit of that, you've got to believe. You've got to believe the record that God's given of His Son. We all with open face. Moses had to cover his face because the people were frightened. They were uncomfortable with the testimony. But the people of God are fellowshipping with God open faced. In other words, we've, we've been, something, something big has happened. It wasn't like they, it wasn't like they decided, we're not, we don't want to look at it. Everybody's going to take a vote. Alright, we don't want to look at it. Put a veil on your. It was their nature. It was so offended their nature, who they were. It convicted them. It made them look internally and they didn't like what they saw and they didn't want it anymore. But in Christ, He changes who you are. Now the new man, that's the one that's looking full-faced. Is the new man. He's compatible. He's been created in Christ Jesus. And he is compatible with God. So see, when, when you read the law now, well, it sounds completely different. Because it's a different person. Your new man. Unashamed of what men may think. You know, a lot of, a lot of our trouble comes from those around us. We are in a great blessed condition when we're surrounded by people who believe God. We, it's another, see, what a relief it is. But see, we find ourselves in situations where that's not always true. Right? And so, in that environment, well, they may, um, they may not like it when you talk to them about the Lord. Well, talk to them anyway. See, there are some who have set their faces towards the Lord 
But others have set their face against the Lord. They don't want anything to do with this thing called religion or Christ or God. And they will... See, the thing is, is that the question really, all the everything we're going to encounter in this world comes down, do you believe on the Lord? Do you? Because if you do, well, you'll be given grace. You can go through a lot of trouble and still serve God. God not, has not put anything between. Uh, I really, I really appreciate this truth in the Scripture. See, if there's something in between you and God, God didn't put it there. He did not put it there. Something else had to happen that it, Satan is trying to get in between. Because if you can see things clearly, you'll make the right decisions. That's just the way it is. But why? Because you have a new man that's created in holiness and true righteousness. There's a part of you that's been born of God and it can't sin. Right? It can't. It's, a, it's the new man. You've been given pure access, complete, total access to the full benefits of salvation. And it will save you from the wrath to come. In other words, as you live your life, you'll notice certain things. The Holy Spirit will make you aware that this thing here, whatever it is, it just is not in line with salvation. It's just not going to end up being a benefit to you. Well, the new man seeks Grace to be able to overcome these obstacles. The full benefits of salvation. Now, aren't, isn't that what you're interested in? You just want some of the benefits, just a few of the benefits. I want all, I want everything that God has for us because the, as we're, remember, as we're seeing Him, in other words, as He, through the Holy Spirit, He guides us into this situation and then we make the right decision, or we, 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 we are steadfast in our devotion to Him, what happens? You're being transformed. These, these occurrences aren't just occurrences. They're actual destinies that God has preordained that in the middle of this trouble, in the middle of this trial, you'll be transformed into the image of His Son. Now, Jesus had the, the, the most trouble... I mean, when you're looking at, look at the cross, you can't, there's never, you're never going to come away from that saying, but I went through something worse. No, you're not. Christ went through the most trouble so that he could give us the greatest benefit. See, if anything distracts me, it's something that Satan did, but there's a sense in which I allowed it. See, nobody is, Satan just can't do that. Satan just can't take you away from Christ. He can't do it. We're kept by the power of God. But the thing is, is that are we involved? Are we pressing in? Because if a distraction comes, it it may be momentary, but it, it did distract you. And now, you know, I found in my own life, the things that distract me, to some degree, I have some kind of interest even if it's just my flesh, has some kind of interest in that, that's why it was a distraction. I mean, you, I don't know that you could distract me with thinking about, you know, certain things. I just don't have any, I don't even have any knowledge of them. So if they come up, I would just, I wouldn't even know they were there. But if it's something that I have some kind of interest in, 
The devil will jump on that, won't he? Because he knows if you can be distracted from Christ, now he has an open door to do something. See, but God hasn't done that. And that was the thing that, 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 that I really enjoyed witnessing is that God doesn't lead us into trouble. He's delivered us by the Spirit, given us a Holy Spirit that knows all things. But we now, now we see through a glass darkly. And that's true. It is dark. In other words, you don't know everything that you're going to go through. That's probably a blessing. Now we see through a glass darkly. We don't see everything as clear as we, 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 we will someday. But see, we see Jesus, right? That's what it says. We see Jesus. Right now, see, it's, it's, we're, we're like, we're in the light, but we're surrounded with darkness. We're in a world that's alienated from the light that's in Christ. But soon, brethren, we're going to see face to face. We will see him as he is. And I thank God for that. This transformation is absolutely, this changing has got to happen. Now, it's one thing to say it's got to happen, and it's another thing to experience it. As you experience change, which I know everyone here has experienced change. In other words, you have grown. You're not what you used to be, but you're not what you're going to be either. Right now, we see through a glass darkly. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. You're not the same as you used to be. This is what Paul said. He says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, the, the Holy Spirit, we've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's a comforter. He'll come and comfort us. But his goal, if you want to use that word, or his direction or the eternal purpose of God is that his ministry to us would be a transformation. Like remember um, years ago, Brother Boyce brought this up about the butterfly, right? How it, it, it just didn't, wasn't born a butterfly. It had made a metamorphosis. See, it was, it, 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 that's the same thing that's happened to us in Christ. God gave us like a physical picture of it. See, right now, we're still like in the cocoon. One of these days, brethren, we're gonna, it, we're gonna see all things clearly. And we're gonna be 100% who we should be in Christ. Now, see, right, isn't that, that, that Christ has, has done anything wrong? Is the, the, being in Christ is, is, is a good thing. But see, right now, it's, we're not there yet is the problem. We're on our way to glory. So even though we're righteous and holy, there's a part of us that's not righteous and holy. The old man. So the, the, the old man really isn't being conformed. And this is, I guess, this is the point of what I wanted to say in this part. Is that, see, the old man, it's corrupt according to the deceitful lust. It's always going to be corrupt according to the deceitful lust. You're always going to have that part of you that you have to crucify in order that you can be transformed in the new man into a, a, um, into the image of Christ. God's made it known that he is fully pleased with Jesus. Now see, right now, we're, we're, we have this dichotomy, like you just said, you got this old man and new man. 
But see, we one of these days, brother, we're going to wake up and that old man's going to be gone. We'll be delivered. We'll be 100% delivered from this um, present condition. We are being conformed into the image of his son. We're not fully conformed yet. Now, I'm, I'm going to close here. <clears throat> Who searches your heart? It says that the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. So God's put His Holy Spirit in us. We were born again. We are baptized into Christ. We were given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And He immediately starts making requests on our behalf to God. And who searches the heart? Well, it says in Jeremiah 17.10, I, the Lord, search the hearts, right? I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Now, now look at the way that God's worked this out. He put his spirit into your heart and the spirit cries, Abba, Father, right? So the spirit knows what you need. It knows what God requires. It knows what you need. And as you walk by faith, there's this intercession going on that you're not even aware of. The Holy Spirit's doing it. Now see, now that's salvation. That's, that's God working salvation in you. Getting You see, there's some things that have got to go. And there's some things that's got to be built up and strengthened. The Holy Spirit knows this, knows God, and God knows the Spirit. Well, of course He does. It's His Spirit. But I just, I just like that. The way that this all interfaces, God's in charge. God's bringing us to heaven, brethren. The salvation that God's provided in Christ Jesus is able to completely accomplish God's will for us. So see, it isn't like you have to figure it all out. I wonder what God's, you know, what. No, see, God's working salvation in you, and you're a part of it in that you're walking by faith, living in the Spirit, going through this world in a, in, a, in a godly manner. But see, the real work, the substantial work that's being done in you right now is because God sent His Spirit into your hearts crying, Abba, Father, and Christ right now is at His own right hand administering all this. He's bringing us to glory. And if it wasn't that way, if it was in your hands, all of it, if it just laid in your lap, well, wasn't that the way the law was? God said, do this and live. And we couldn't do it. Now He says, He's saving us. He's delivering us. Salvation is of the Lord. And now, we're willing participants in this, but before, we weren't very willing. But now, we're willing participants. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right now, if you're in Christ, you've been... (laughs) You're a son of God. And one of these days, we're going to awake 100% with his likeness. We're not going to have any more dichotomy. We're not going to have any more to do with the old man and the old way of thinking about God. We're going to be delivered. And brother, that's my exhortation to you today. Is to be built up. See, we come to be built up in the most holy faith because there's this battle going on. In each of us, between right and wrong, what the Lord wants and what you want, 
So my exhortation is to be built up. Because if you're built up, you always choose the right. If you're built up, if you're strong in Christ Jesus, you will desire the better thing, which is to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. See, in due time, He'll exalt you. We don't have to exalt ourselves. I'm thankful for that. Any comments?